When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm still Mike Templeton. Still, yeah. I know I made that. I know I made that definitive call last week, but I'm just letting everybody know that it's still me. Hmm. Status has not changed. Status has not changed. So hey, another turtley week. I just want to get it up front. I forgot to post this week's comic book. <laughs> I think it was a new issue of uh, the Usagi crossover. Usagi, yeah, it was. It was issue three of the Usagi thing. Yeah. So. I man, I've been to the comic book store recently, and I do not remember if I got that comic or not. Hmm. Uh, I have issues one and two. I think issue three had a cover by a uh, friend of the show, Sarah. Oh, awesome! Well, and I, know, I know it's got that uh, that that Eastman Layered collab. Yeah. So, did we talk about that last week? I think we did. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, then there you go. Then, <laughs> but I also want to add that I genuinely love Sarah's covers. They I do too. Really I love Sarah's art in general. Yeah, um, they are appearing at, I forgot what con they're appearing at this weekend. Well, by the time this comes out, they'll be I know. Gone, so. Like their booth is, their booth is set up right now. They're at moment. I hope you had a good con. I'm waiting for her answer, but I realized <laughs> this isn't a live show. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Sarah's, uh, Sarah's at MomoCon this weekend. So if you're uh, at MomoCon, go pick up uh, some stuff from Sarah. If you're at Momocon, that's weird because it should be over now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So if you master time, back travel, in time and come back even farther and let us know how you did it. <laughs> uh, if I can get time travel, I'm picking up issue one of Ninja Turtles in Portland <laughs> at at oh, Baltimore yeah, at the ball yeah. at in Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, that it's that it's killing Hitler. Like I got a list. No. <laughs> oh yeah, for the for the millions, of course. Yeah, for the millions. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hitler. Hitler. Definitely. I yeah. Had, yeah. Oh yeah. Hitler. Yeah. You gotta kill him. I, you gotta kill that guy. Yeah. I, I wasn't just gonna get issue one of Ninja Turtles and, and call it a day. <laughs> if I only had one stop, it would be definitely Ninja Turtles number one. But if if the time machine kept working, yeah. I have. If it allowed for do, two yeah. stops, then yeah, Hitler, right, killing right. Hitler is definitely on the list. Right. Killing Hitler is a solid number two, you know? Oh, uh, gonna, we got to get out of this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got to get let's, out of the spiral. Let's do out of this. Spencer, what are we doing this week? Oh, man. Do <laughs> you guys watch the Toy Galaxy video? <laughs> I have not been able to watch it yet. Oh, uh, I told them I we were going to talk about it on the show. I, I told you I couldn't even summarize. Uh, oh, that's fair. That's fair. All right, we'll wait, we'll, wait, we'll wait 13 minutes. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, I'll do it during your guys' summaries. <laughs> oh yeah that works well speaking right. of what are we doing this week this week we are covering episodes 22 23 and 24 
of season seven of the original 1987 animated series teenage ninja turtles that was so dramatic wow yeah really that's uh revenge of the fly atlantis awakes and dirk savage mutant hunter three what we can describe as episodes of 87 because <laughs> it was all over the place this week <laughs> yeah atlantis think, and yeah this this was like I don't want to say it was like a like emotional whiplash compared to like the last how the last two weeks have been because like we've had some really good episodes the last two weeks and then this one was just kind of like uh I guess we're back in that season four season five vibe yeah it kind of feels like David Wise was like and I'm tapped out of good ideas let's just let's just make these other I mean, pitches go good ideas in here and there is a clear winner for the three here um. Yeah. But yeah, it is the it is yeah it it's pretty wild how like how varied it it got. It almost seems like he yeah. was like, okay, I I see your episode that you wrote that was like this. I'm gonna one up you. Like Revenge of the Fly is the big bug big bug blunder basically, mm. and then Atlantis Awakes is the Lost Queen of Atlantis. But he's just like, I'm doing it my own way this time. I mean, and granted, Atlantis Awakes is better than uh. The Queen of Atlantis, but absolutely not by much. <laughs> yeah, not by enough, definitely not by <laughs> enough. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, that's our show this week. Thank you so much. For... <laughs> no, just kidding. Let's uh tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain the story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. All right, I think I'm up first tonight uh, with Revenge of the Fly, original air date December 4th, 1993, written by the late, great David Wise. So, Vernon is interviewing a scientist who has extracted the genetic essence of various insects down to small test tubes of liquid. Vernon stupidly gives away the location of the lab, opening it up to plunder by any one of anyone with the wrong hands. Uh, the turtles see this and go stick out the place just in case. Meanwhile, at the bottom of the ocean, Shredder finally has finally found a crystal to repower his retromutagen ray, which he plans to use to turn the Ninja Turtles back into baby turtles. Krang is also trying to open a portal to Dimension X for some reason, but accidentally opens it to the dimension where they dumped Baxter Stockman. Stockman flies into the Technodrome with the remnants of Z, his computer companion, and plugs Z into the Technodrome's mainframe. They're able to take over the Technodrome and command the foot soldiers to lock up Shredder and Krang. Z finds the report about the genetic essences, and they take some of Krang's mutagen and go off to steal those genetic essences. Now back to the Turtles, who are called by April on top of a burning building. They leave their post outside the lab to go save her. A firefighter tells them they did a great job, and he shows off his new Super Slosher 2000, a big old super soaker that's the latest in firefighting technology. Baxter is able to break into the lab since the turtles were off rescuing April and he steals those genetic insect essences. Then he steals a Super Slosher 2000 from one of the firemen and inside of it he combines those insect genetic essences with some of the mutagen and he uses that to turn some firefighters into mutant termites. So this is Baxter's plan. Instead of becoming human, he's going to make everyone know what it's like to be an insect as his revenge. So he's at the carnival, turning people into insect mutants. He leaves Z at the carnival, and he goes off to Channel 6 to try and get his revenge on the turtles through the news crew. 
Patrol will show up at the carnival and fight the bug mutants until Donatello finds Z and gets him to spill the beans on Baxter's location. The turtles arrive at Channel 6 to find the news crew has been turned into bug mutants. Burn is a bee, Irma is a moth, and Vernon is a giant spider. Leo and Mike are kidnapped by Irma and Burn. Uh, also, Shredder King, Bebop, and Rocksteady are trying to rig up some sort of explosive to blast their way out, out of the Technodrome's broom closet. Uh, they do not succeed. Uh, now, back to the turtles. Raph and Don are able to convince the mutant spider Vernon to spin a giant web outside the building to catch a giant fly for dinner. They're able to rescue the other two turtles from Baxter, but April is turned into a giant wasp in the process. They chase Baxter outside, catch him in the giant web, and force him to take them back to the Technodrome. There, they are ambushed by the foot soldiers under Z's control. But, Don Table is able to does machines to some of the computers and loses Z's grip on the Technodrome. Shredder is able to escape from the broom closet by using Krang's chicken walker as a big lever to pry the door open and runs for the retro mutagen ray. It's stolen by Baxter, who then flees back to his own dimension, hoping to use the gun to turn himself human again. But the turtles give chase, jump into the dimension, since that ray is the only thing that can turn the news crew back to normal. They're able to get it back from Baxter and abandon him in the limbo dimension. And they throw Shredder back into the broom closet before going back to New York. The ray is used to turn the news crew human again. The day is saved, although Vernon is still hungry for some flies. The end. Riveting. So that brings us to our my episode. Episode 23, Atlantis Awakes. Uh, this episode premiered on December 4th of 1993 and was written by David Wise. And this week's summary is brought to you again by Turtlepedia because... I was not able to summarize it this week. I, I was pretty pressed for time. So, the turtles are floating through an underground sewer river on various watercrafts, and Michelangelo goes further ahead on his surfboard. He's rescued from going over a waterfall by a strange fish man who introduces himself as Aquam, I mean, Alum Coelocanth, or Murdude, as Michelangelo deems him. The other turtles are skeptical of what he says until Alum reveals himself and reveals that he is from the city of Atlantis, although he's the only fish person from there and has been away 200 years. The turtles dive into the water to help Alum find Atlantis once again. Meanwhile, in the Technodrome, Krang picks up unusually strong energy readings from a nearby mountain range. Shredder, Rock City, and Bebop head off to find it, and stumble across Atlantis. The Atlanteans are unexpectedly delighted to see the villains, or more specifically, Bebop, whom they mistake for their king. According to them, it was prophesied that a strange creature would come from the sea and reclaim his throne, and they assume that it must be the mutant. Only one person, Hepax Lagama, Lagamina, I can't remember how they said it, but anyway, speaks against Bebop and is imprisoned for her words. Alum and the turtles arrive at Atlantis and make their way in via the sewers, only to be shocked when they say, see Bebop on the throne. They escape before the Atlanteans can arrest them. Shredder finds that Atlantis is powered by a vast gem, the Star of Atlantis, which Crane can use as a focusing crystal for the Technodrome's main cannon. However, he is thwarted by Bebop's increasingly egotistical attitude. The turtles and Alum. Here he packs, shouting for help, 
and she identifies Alum as the true king of Atlantis. Since he is a strange creature that breathes water, they try to free her, but are forced to flee from the city before they can get the cell open. Alum summons sharks, eels, and an octopus to save them from Atlantean soldiers. Alum publicly declares that Bebop is not the true king of Atlantis and challenges him to combat in the Atlantean arena. Unfortunately, he's not very good at fighting, and Bebop has a blaster. Leonardo and Michelangelo battle Rocksteady and the Atlantean guards in order to free Hepax, while Donatello and Raphael try unsuccessfully to stop Shredder from taking the Star of Atlantis. Hepax is brought to the arena just in time to tell Alum to seize the Trident of Power, which will only work for the king. He glows with power and forces Bebop to declare himself not to be the king. When the Turtles and Alum try to stop Shredder from taking the star, Shredder blasts a hole in the dome surrounding the city, causing it to flood. Alum summons a great squid, who seals the hole temporarily. The five of them swim out to the Technodrome. Just as it aims the cannon at Atlantis, the Turtles manage to redirect the cannon at the last minute and reclaim the crystal inside. Alum is crowned king, and he names Hepax his royal counselor. Just then, the Technodrome rolls over to destroy Atlantis. But Alum activates the Hammer of Atlantis, a vast powerful defensive system that drives the Technodrome into retreat. The turtles are sent back home on the backs of four giant sea turtles, and Michelangelo creates a new pizza in Alum's honor, covered in seaweed and fish. The end. It's pronounced Hepax Legomena. Legomena, that's what it was. I knew how to say Hepax. I knew it was Hepax. I couldn't remember the Legomena part because they only stay like once. My All bad. right. Next up is the episode that a lot of people have been waiting for. Dirk Savage Mutant Hunter. Original air date December 4th, 1993 and written by the late great David Wise. The turtles are tracking two mutants, a snapping turtle and a wolf named Toka and Razor. They managed to stop both of them, but the mall they were in is wrecked. Later that evening, they see a news interview with an eccentric billionaire named A.J. Howard, who is virulently anti-mutant and has hired Dirk Savage, a professional mutant hunter, to capture all mutant freaks in the city. The turtles are enraged by Dirk Savage since he is indiscriminate in his mutant hunting, rather than only realizing that there are good and bad mutants. At the same time, Napoleon Bonafrog and Genghis Frog choose right now to come visit the turtles in New York but they find themselves captured by Dirk and while the turtles listen in on the phone call. Even worse, Howard, A.J. Howard explicitly says that he wants the turtles to be captured next. The turtles consult with Splinter, who feels that there's something more to this situation that they aren't seeing. He also believes that Dirk Savage could end up becoming an ally to the turtles if they could change his mind. Unfortunately, Dirk Savage manages to ambush them on their way through the sewers and captures Leonardo and Michelangelo. Once they're delivered to Howard, he fits the turtles with compliance cuffs that force them to obey him. Donatello comes up with a plan, have Dirk Savage capture a mutant wearing a homing device. To that end, they visit Mondo Gecko, who is more than happy to assist them. Dirk Savage has just managed to capture Toka, though Razar is still on the loose, when he nearly runs into a skateboard riding Mondo Gecko, and he drags him away. Meanwhile, Irma and April are investigating Howard's new skyscraper after learning some mysterious information about his past. 
Donatello and Raphael manage to track Mondo Gecko to Howard's prison for mutants. There, they witness him revealing that he's actually a giant mutant slug and that he wants the various captured mutants to be his own private army controlling the human race. Unfortunately, the compliance cuffs force the other mutants to attack the pair and drive them from his building. Donatello decides that maybe they need Savage's help after all and calls the anti-mutant hotline to report themselves in. Savage shows up and is about to stun both of the turtles when Razor attacks him as revenge for taking away his friend Toka. Savage is surprised when the turtles help defend him from Razor, and even more so when they tell him what Howard is. April and Irma are captured by the Compliance Cuff-controlled mutants, and anti-mutant bracelets are revealed to be weaker versions of the Compliance Cuffs. As a result, half the city will be under his control whenever he chooses. Raphael and Donatello fire at a giant statue of A.J. Howard, which is what controlled the anti-mutant bracelets. Unfortunately, the mutants are still unable to control themselves until Savage destroys the remote. The building explodes and collapses, and Savage apologizes for having hunted down the mutants before departing. The end. Old storytelling. Sometimes I feel like when you say bold storytelling, you're talking about my reading. No. <laughs> uh, it's the uh, the story no, not at all. It's, it's not what you did. No, <laughs> right? No, 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 no. no. You no. did everything great. Everything great. Oh, thank you, Spencer. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. All right. Are we ready to second time around these episodes? Let's do it. All right. Mm-hmm. Revenge of the Fly. So Shredder's retro mutagen ray is actually the Mutazoo ray. Anybody else notice that? Yeah, I. Don't know if they had the like model sheet for the original one anymore. Just like lost it. Yeah, they just like lost it and they were like going through the animation files and they were like, oh, this this is the one that Baxter had. It must be the retro mutagen ray gun. Yeah. But that's not what they can think of. Hmm. I remember when that happened in Gargoyles. I didn't know that happened in 2003, too. Yeah, it's in the awful Back to the Sewer season. I don't know. I don't really like season seven. Back back to the sewer. Theme song is amazing. The rest of the rest of the 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 show. It does give us the turtles going and playing in in World of Warcraft and Hun being a gamer. So there's that. Right. And frankly, a good ending. I mean, yeah, it it technically does give us turtles forever, too. So. Yeah, but no, but yeah, but no. Yeah, Thrills yeah. Forever, I think, is a. it was after the series ended. Well, no, yeah, it was, but, it's, of... but it's set after Back to the Sewers. Like, you know, you get can't get to Turtles Forever without Back to the Sewers. True. I, I'm um... saying that, like, the, the, the ending of Back to the Sewers was a good finale for the series. And oh, then yeah, also, we got a good finale in, in Turtles Forever. Like, it's one of the few shows that ended twice really well. Yeah, I'll give it that. Uh, let's see. Last little point I have here for Revenge of the Fly is that Vernon, as a spider, says to the turtles, step into my parlor, said the spider to the turtle. We've heard that before. Um, we've heard it referenced before. It's from a poem, The Spider and the Fly. We heard it in Landlord of the Flies. <laughs> and we heard it in Michelangelo Meets Bugman. They've, they've made reference to the same line three, at least three times now. So... Uh... This is this is just a funny thing that Turtlepedia mentions um, specifically because it references Landlord of the Flies. 
Uh, it says Krang says he recognizes the location of his portal as, as the portal opens as the dimension they sent Baxter to. But in his last appearance, Landlord of the Flies, it was Donatello's portal that banished Baxter's uh, Baxter, not Krang's. And then it says it calls into question if Landlord of the Flies is continuity, considering that Krang's portal uh, trapped Baxter and the computer in there and son of the return of the fly too, and the computer did not appear in at all in Landlord of the Flies. I yeah, yeah. guess I forgot that Z didn't appear in that. Well, that was also the one where like Baxter suddenly controlled flies. Yeah, no, I, I remember that episode because I remember being like, where's the computer at? Like, like what happened to that thing? And anyway, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, that one wasn't written by David Wise. So I, I so I maybe it isn't in continuity. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I mean, was David Weiss pulling a Peter Laird and being like, if it wasn't written by me, it's uh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, probably. Now, imagine <laughs> if that was like a thing like that he had said at some point, like any episode that's not written by David Wise or Michael Reeves isn't canon to this show. <laughs> Oh man, I mean, this show doesn't care enough about continuity for, uh, I think, for them to have to do that. Which is yeah. so weird when they do recognize continuity, like, like very specifically mentioning the retro mutagen ray gun, like it, that was such a weird, like, callback. I know I'm into it because I'm into it whenever something decides to have continuity, yeah, uh, and call back to things. I mean, no, same. It's but, just, it's, you, I'm just pointing out that like, it's weird when this show does it. Yes. No, like we, we have to say it when it happens because like, it's that noteworthy, yeah. you know, yeah, like, you got to acknowledge it. Like, you know, give them, give them their wins when they earn them. You know? Yeah. Like speaking of not, uh, adhering to continuity, are we ready for the next episode? <laughs> yeah. Atlantis let's uh, get into that next episode. So Atlantis awakes, um, so Alan's pretty much mermaid Aquaman, right? Like we're, oh, we're yeah. all, we all agree here. Well, yeah, but I mean like that's, that's, I guess how they worked in the mer dude figure. Fair enough. Yeah. Weird that he didn't have an eye patch. I, I figured it was so that like, they didn't have to worry about which side it was on, but he's got like a circle on his chest. That's on one side and not the other. So they still had to worry about that. So I don't know why they took away his eye patch. But, which well, also like it's a circle and an eye patch would be too much. Right. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, I think that's a lot, right? I mean, especially because we keep the colors episode. of the turtles' bandana straight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we got to talk about it. It it's it's weird that this episode, like, they start this episode by like not believing that Atlantis exists. Yeah, but like you've met people from Atlantis. Yeah, they 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 stopped a cult from like raising it from the depths of the ocean. Which would yeah. make it extra hard for Murdu to rule it, you know. But that's that's a whole other story. Yeah, weird that we've had two episodes about the people of Atlantis wanting to find their ruler. Like, uh, yeah. I'd have ten cents, but it's weird that it happened twice. What a nickel that the turtles went to yeah. Atlantis. I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it was weird that it happened twice. I do vaguely remember this one though. I remember them like watching this when I was a kid because I remember them like swimming with a crystal. And it, it has to be this episode. I don't know what else it could be. Watch, there's another episode of Swimming with the Crystal in season eight. Somewhere. Damn it! <laughs> uh, let's see. The sewer party tube makes an appearance in this one. Uh, although I don't think April is in this one, which is, I think, only the second time that's happened. So, she, yeah, so April is not, not in is. April. April is not. But it's like I I almost thought that like uh, Hapax was supposed to be April. Like I thought that was even Renee Jacobs, but it's Genie uh, Elias. Oh, really? Um, 
Yeah, because like I thought that was Renee Jacobs, but it, it just it, it wasn't it wasn't her. Huh. Jeannie Elias uh, played the original Pin- Princess Peach in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Cool. All right, Dirk Savage, Mutant Hunter. Uh, so the first and only appearance of Toka and Razor, not Razar. Yeah, they, they uh, in this show, different. and they're like wildly different from the. Yeah. Well, Razor is Toka is pretty much the same. We can at at least like talk in full sentences now. Well, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they're babies this time. Yeah, but Razor is totally different. Yeah, Razor is definitely not Razar. Yes, I I have like just a note that is just Razor's voice. Like I just I like the whole time, like every single time he's talked, it was weird for me. Like every single time he spoke, it was so weird. It's so weird. The voice, Toka, my friend. Yeah, we have got some food here. You are Townsend Coleman, isn't it? It is Townsend Coleman, and and Rob Paulson is Toka. But it's like, yeah, but like Razor is so weird. Like they went so overboard to make him sound like dignified. Yeah, like I feel like. I'm waiting to hear that he like wants to stop by like a jazz club and just kind of go listen to some jazz or something, you know. I would love to listen to some jazz with my friend oh my Toka, my best. I have the Toka and Razor action figures, and I have the Rat King that comes with that flute. I bet I could fit that flute in his hand and <laughs> little fedora. Oh my god! Is, I mean, flute. this did make me consider going after that uh, the Toka and Razor set from NECA, um, but then I was like, nah. <laughs> I am messing with my Dirk Savage figure right now, though. Dirk Savage, uh, clearly a parody of Nick Fury. Uh, so a parody of Nick Fury and the name Doc Savage, who was a very popular yeah. comic book character in like the 30s and 40s. Oh, yeah. This is your old David Hasselhoff, Jim Stranko, Nick Fury, not the, not the, not the Marvel, Samuel L. Jackson, not the Marvel movies, Sammy J one, no. But yeah, like the eye patch, the big, you know, pompadour, like this is this is the Jim Steranko, uh Nick Fury, which like honestly, like the character itself isn't anything like Nick Fury. Uh, just the design is really. Yeah. But I think it was funny that he had like a van um, to like to hunt uh, mutants in. But that like but that van is like a van is also like the Punisher's thing. That's true. Yeah. Like I don't remember if if you guys didn't know, like the Punisher, like originally like drove around New York in a van that said Punisher on it. Yeah. Those were the days. It was like his battle van or something. It was. Called. Yeah, like the right. the Punisher's yeah. battle van or something, whatever they called it. Yeah. Um, the second and final appearance of Mondo Gecko, and the final appearance of the Punk Frogs. Mm. Let's see what else do I have. Uh, and apparently Napoleon can't Hulk out anymore like he could last time. Um, yeah, because there was a thing. Episode. Like he definitely could have, right? You'd think so, yeah. Unless the effects of the Muta Shuta wore off. This show's weird, man. Um, okay, so they mentioned that Token and Razor are there because of like all this mutagen that Shredder spilled in the zoo years ago. I think that was Planet of the Turtleoids where that happened. Nice I was like, it, back in continuity yeah, there. like that was either Planet of the Turtleoids when, uh, uh, it was either Planet of the Turtleoids when, when Ground Chuck and Dirtbag, 
um, got mutated or like even further back when Bebop and Rock, well, because actually, yeah, you, you know what? It can, they it stole can't them be. from the zoo. Because they stole and, them from the yeah. zoo and mutated them at the, at the Technodrome. So ground chicken, so it had to have been ground chicken dirtbag, but they say a couple years ago. Well, yeah, that was season five. Was it season five? I think it was the finale of season five, wasn't it? Or was it no, was it that long ago? To find out, I know. Five, uh, yeah, you're right. Season five, Season five. was Planet of the Turtleoids. It's been a while. Wow. Um, what else do I have? Crystal Palace Mall shows up in Shredder's Revenge. It's where you fight Tempestra and Token Razor, incidentally. It's also uh, weird, like, it's so I've mentioned this before, like. You can almost see, like, cartoon violence changing with this series. Like, we've gone from, like, the first couple episodes where the Foot Clan needed to be revealed to be robots so that the Turtles could fight them without parents getting mad. But in this episode, like, Dirk Savage punches A.J. Howard in the back of the head. Like, just, <laughs> like the amount of violence has gone through the roof on this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, you had Batman in the animated series is out at this point, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, it was so, pretty fresh, yeah. Yeah, so then uh, I, that thing I'm sure made it. That's pretty sure that show made it so that so many more shows could be so much more violent than they were. Oh, before. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, AJ Howard, yet another of this show's uh, Donald Trump parodies. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're up. What this? I think this is our fourth one. I think so. Yeah. I think it's funny because Michelangelo's like, I'm not up to date on my eccentric billionaires, but at the same time, <laughs> like, they're all just Donald Trump parodies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> d- yeah, like, don't worry, Michelangelo, we're keeping track for you. That's all I got. All right, then let's uh, talk about our anchovies. Oh, put some anchovies on these pizzas. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. So in Revenge of this Fly, random citizens are mutated, like random citizens being mutated into bugs gives the turtles way more like trouble than like shredder or lots of other things they fought like it's well, like think, really like untrained random citizens just mutated into bugs well i think you. i think they're uh, the turtles like don't want to hurt citizens fair enough well, i think it, i think they at first i don't think they know they're citizens that could be That's, it too you know? the, the, i don't think they quite knew when they were first fighting yeah them. it's yeah the turtles fighting skills are inconsistent at best what i what i don't like about these bug people is that like they don't look like other mutants in this show like they all kind of look like bug man not like mutant not like humanoid like animal animals you know what i mean it's like big animals like they're they're yeah like they're more like because when like the bunch of people get transformed into like cockroach. I can't remember like the, the cockroaches or whatever. Um, 
there's like five of like the same looking like just tall insect not an insect person i don't know it's a weird nitpick i know um i didn't appreciate that donatello does machines by just throwing his bow staff at one of them and it explodes you could even hack the thing man it's a lot easier to animate a flying bow staff you know right just move the cell across the screen i also i wish there was kind of a more dramatic finish for baxter like (laughs) It's tragic, no doubt, but like I wish it was like one last little flourish or something, you know. He, he kind of just disappears at the end of the episode. Yeah, like like this isn't a good send off episode for for Baxter. Like, it's just kind of eh. All right, is it all we got for revenge? That's it. Yeah, like it, it wasn't a bad episode. Like there, it was more just like little nitpicky things. I guess we didn't yeah. like. Uh, Atlantis awakes though was. Definitely the worst episode of the three. It was just kind of boring. Yeah, it was just, it was so boring. Yeah. Like, uh, and at at just, this point, like, how many crystals have they tried to use as focuses for heat rays? Like, this is yeah, a tenth. Like, I was going to say, is like, is the Star of Hoboken uh, a piece of the Star of Atlantis? Ooh, see, that I like, but who knows? Yeah, like that's headcanon. That's not that's not official canon. <laughs> so um and it, like just the people of Atlantis, like you know, are these the same people from Atlantis that we saw in the European vacation? Hard to know. I and like I, I thought like Murdude was he was just kind of like he didn't really do anything. Like he was he was pretty built toast for being like a guy that has like knee pads and is a mermaid. <laughs> and so like yeah right um which like the way they animated him running <laughs> with, with the turtles yeah um uh, like sometimes he's hopping very quickly <laughs> or just kind of sliding along and it's like you could have just made his tail a little longer and made him like kind of slither yeah that'd been cool like that would have been better than making him hop because <laughs> it looks so silly it's it he looks like a guy in like a potato sack race yeah like the way he's hopping with the turtles. Um, Cause there's, there's a, there's one shot where he's like running towards camera and it's like, it's it literally looks like a hot potato or a potato sack race coming at you. <laughs> like it's the least intimidating thing. Um, but yeah, but and so like he says that he's been uh, away from Atlantis for like 200 years. Yeah. And, and so apparently he's the ruler of Atlantis. And so like, he didn't know that when he lived in Atlantis, because we don't really get an indication of like how old he is or how old he was when he left Atlantis. So it's like, you know, did he leave when he was a teenager to go on his like pilgrimage or whatever to find more people? Like what was, what was the impetus for him leaving? Because then you have like, if he was always the prophesized prophesized king, then it's like, were there other people of his race? Like, why is he, they never really explain like why he's the only mer dude. Yeah. I thought that, yeah. Like, is he, is he a mutant? Is he like a very old mutant? And, like, and it's like, they okay. They don't really explain any of that. And so like, that could have been really interesting to imply yeah. that like, there's mutants older than what shredder and Krang have mutated already. Like that's, that's an interesting, like, kind of thought you could have gone with. 
Um, but no, like you don't get any indication of like why Murdude exists. Um, he just kind of does. And then he's the king of Atlantis, but then it's like, okay, but wasn't April the queen of Atlantis? Yeah. <laughs> Again, it feels like David Wise is just like, I, I'm going to just rewrite your episode in a way that I would do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, yeah. Cause, cause it, it, it it, it's like it, it definitely 100% does not line up with the Queen of Atlantis episode from the European Vacation, which like I don't think it was ever meant to, but it's weird that we have two Atlantis like episodes. And technically, if you're watching this on the DVD, two Atlantis episodes in the same season. Yeah, I wonder if like they were like, OK, it's been you know, that was technically season four. Kids aren't going to remember. The, yeah, the exactly. Those, those kids are yeah. those kids are watching Power Rangers by now. Yeah. But they will remember season one. But they will remember season one. No one ever forgets season one. <laughs> they will um, remember the the anti mutagen gun. Yeah, like yeah, right. Um, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, so it's it's just this episode could have been this episode could have been interesting. It just it just was so boring, and it felt like it went on forever. Yeah. Um. Like, and that's not to say like there were there were some funny gags in here and we'll talk about those next. But it's just like this episode felt like it went like I literally had to check the time to see if this was a 22 minute episode. It was. It did not feel like it. Yeah. They uh, and they've, they've done this several times in the show, but like Bebop is being insubordinate to Shredder. So Shredder calls Krang. He's like, go mess up all of his action figures and comic books. I always just I always feel a little judged when that happens. <laughs> I don't know if you all feel the same, but no, but I mean, that was a gag I liked. So I was going to talk about that next. Oh, OK, all right. Well, are we ready for a uh, Dirk Savage, the mutant hunter? Yeah. Anybody so, else think the dialogue between Token and Razor was a little stilted. It's food and, and so Razor like. You're my best friend. It's like, why, why are you saying that right now? Like, it yeah, yeah. it's just like I, it feels like the characterization for them, like just felt really weird. Yeah. Um, it felt like they were trying to overcorrect for the movie. Mm-hmm. Which had come only come out like, you know, two years earlier. Um, but it just it just felt like so weird, at, at least just for Razor, like because Toka, like I said, is is pretty much the same character, just not a baby. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing more of them, but it it just the the dialogue between them seemed really weird. I I think it was just they were trying to establish so much and so little, so few words, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then the turtles are like, the turtles don't seem to have a plan to deal with it except to just kill them. <laughs> like they attack them immediately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like they just immediately assume that they're bad guys, which I I guess, but also at the same time, like, you know, you've made friends with other mutants. Is it just because these are the ugly ones? Well, it also begs the question that like Toka has a foot clan symbol on his belt and like, but why? Oh, that's right. He did. Yeah. But But it's like, but there's no foot clan in this episode at all. Yeah. And and so I don't know where he got that. I, I'm assuming they just like based the design on the toy, and the toy has has that. I believe the toy has a Foot Clan logo. No, it it does, doesn't it? Pretty sure it does. Yeah, I'm. I'm 
double check it now, but I'm I'm fairly certain it did. Yeah, I mean, it was also interesting because, like, at one point, like, they people start talking uh, about the turtles. Hmm? It did. No, oh, it did have the thing. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Spencer. So, like, at one point, like, I don't know, you have like the talk show host and everyone else, but they talk about how the the city has been crawling with mutants, and honestly. There's really not that many mutants in this series. Like, I always heard this show is described as like a mutant of the week series and everything else. Honestly, it's pretty it's pretty skimpy on the mutants. Uh, it's it's more honest. it's more gangster of the week. Yeah, yeah, it's more gangster of the week for for a long time. More mad gangster and mad scientist of the week besides Shredder's plan of the week, which will be getting a power source for the Technodrome and using a new weapon to try and defeat the turtles. Uh, that yeah, we'll I was I was trying to count it up. So we have, what, the four turtles, Splinter, Bebop, and Rocksteady, but they're usually, like, at the bottom of the ocean or in Dimension X. Mm-hmm. There's Monic Echo. We just got introduced to Token Razor. There's the Punk Frogs, but they live in Florida. And so does Leatherhead. Yeah, so does Leatherhead. There's Mona Lisa. Um, Dirtbag and Groundchuck, but they're in space. Uh, Muckman, who I, I kind of forget what happened to him. And then Mutagen Man is kind of no longer a mutant since he changed to a normal human and then now aj howard so like we're like 150 episodes in that's not a lot of mutants yeah and so they also like referenced i think back when shredder made ground chuck and dirtbag at the zoo and you said mona lisa right yeah yeah but i think they referenced like back when shredder made ground chuck and dirtbag at the zoo because they said ever since like Shredder brought the mutagen to the zoo, so I guess somehow other stuff has kept getting mutated there this whole time, but there's been no precedent for it at all. It suddenly just gets brought up out of nowhere. Right. Like it's just all off screen. They're like, huh, how does how do all the ducks keep getting out with human feed? That's weird. <laughs> yeah. And that that's kind of my issue with this episode in general, is like even though it has like some great strong ideas about there being anti-mutant sentiment and like the turtles needing to hide. It just comes so out of left field after, like, you know, 150 episodes of Turtles, like, being out there and being known, have been considered heroes for a while. Uh, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's just, it just feels out of left field to me. Uh, like, all of the the city being against mutants. Like, it's a great idea and everything else. But I guess maybe I'm more used to the way TV and TV series are now, where like we show that over time instead of just suddenly being like, and now suddenly it's a problem for just one episode, and then we move on. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's also all three of these have plots that have been rehashed because Invasion of the Punk Frogs was like they hired like a special force to take care of the mutants, and that's what and that was what was so funny is that like I, I guess before uh, we really started diving into this. I always thought that was Dirk Savage. Oh, the, the I, I don't remember what the guy's name was, but yeah. I gotta look it up now. I think I even mentioned that in that episode. <laughs> this episode also doesn't like tie up any ends. It seems like, like is Razor still like caught in an energy cable in the alley? Like, did he ever get back together with Toka at the end? We never really see any of that. Did, did the punk, punk frogs make it home? What happened to Mono Gecko? Like they all just right. kind of, you know. What about that uh, guy Captain on TV Hoffman? Captain, Hoff- Captain Hoffman was that guy. 
from okay. from the from Invasion of the Punk Frogs, but also played by Jim Cummings doing the same voice. Oh, he's got a crazy chin, too. And so it's like they they're pretty much the same character. Like it would have been, oh, that would have been such a cool callback then if it's like if it was the same character. Right. Man, that would have been cool. Yeah, David Wise just missing opportunities. Also, Dirk Savage's design, like the biggest thing I have an issue with is that like the red and purple pants, the red shirt and purple pants. Yes, but more specifically, I'm okay with like the trunks or, you know, whatever you want to call it, the underwear on the outside of your pants for certain costumes. But he's got like what looks like cargo pants because he's got pouches on the side. Mm -hmm. And just seeing like, you know, some sort of spandex underwear or whatever else on the outside of your cargo pants just makes me so uncomfortable. Look, when you're, uh, when, you're so bad. when you're a dad, you'll understand that cargo pants rock. Cargo pants yep. are fine. Don't wear underwear trunks over them. Like it's going to make them all bunched up and, and like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe they're part of the pants, you know, maybe those are so like, that's just the pants. There is a part of this episode where I swear one of the punk frogs kicks him right in the junk. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe it's like metal cod piece he's wearing. Could be that. It's specifically for fighting punk frogs. Yeah, it's it's a cup, you know, it's got it's got a hard a hard shell there to protect right. anything from being kicked by punk frogs. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I hate the I hate the underwear on the outside for that. It doesn't work for it. Uh it's got enough colors and other things going on. Not a good look. Just gonna yeah. put that also like busy design also like, in the first place. Also, like I know why they didn't do it, but it's like they make they make a point to be like, uh, oh, another mutant turtle. Um, like they're clearly not talking about Slash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, are we ready to uh, put some good toppings on this pizza? Let's do it. Oh, I love being a turtle. Uh, Revenge of the Fly. Really, the only thing I have written down is that there's like this brief fight in the Titanodrome, where they're fighting like a. Not foot soldiers, but like other robots that are designed to do other things, which mm-hmm. reminded me of one of my favorite episodes, which is episode two, when they're fighting like the the riveting machine and stuff. Pretty cool. This was a, a fairly decent episode, but yeah, yeah, like it wasn't it wasn't a terrible episode, other than like just kind of feeling like there wasn't a payoff at the end. Um, but there's like there's cool stuff that goes on in here. Um, like I mean, like oh, sorry. Ahead. So, like, like one of the things I did definitely like was Shredder using the old anti-mutagen gun. Like, of course, like, he would try and, like, that, that's my biggest issue with this, is how he'll be like, we need a new, my plan is to bring this new weapon, this new weapon is just another ray gun of some kind to attack the turtles with. Like, that's still a valuable weapon to use. You know, like this thing that demutates them. Why would you not just keep using the same gun and try and implement it differently? Uh, it's been one of my big, you know, it's one of my big issues with like, you know, the very comic booky, treachery uh, villains. You know, for for lack of a better term for it. Yeah. Uh, like in this series, where, yeah, like like something fails like once or like like uh, they you know try to use something on someone and they fail to use it, but then they never use it again. But yeah. it's like you could just use this as a different plan. This is still a weapon you could use. Anyway, so him still using it and bringing up that he couldn't use it because he needed something to power it. It works for me, and I, I like that. What 
it was a good MacGuffin in the first season too, because like that was the reason that the turtles were trying to like kind of infiltrate the Titanodrome was to get that to change Splinter back. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they just kind of totally drop that and just like I don't know, Shredder attacks every now and then. We gotta defeat him, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Is, is that all we got for? Uh, so I, actually, I did also like seeing the the cast of Channel Six, like that side cast, all like just be different mutant bugs for the turtles to face off against. Uh, getting to see them all as different mutants and stuff is is a fun is a fun bit. It kind of reminds me of the Batman versus Ninja Turtles movie, uh, with oh, all yeah. of the Arkham uh, Arkham Asylum people as as different kinds of mutants. It's it's like I don't know. It felt a little close to that to me. They're wild designs too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I liked it and I liked the designs. I thought that part was fun. And that's it for me. Uh, now we can move on to episode 23, Atlantis awakes. Uh, did, did we like it? <laughs> this episode? You know, it's, it's a, it felt like a different plot than normal, you know? And the first DVD I ever got as a kid, like that my family ever got for our DVD player, was Atlantis, The Lost Empire. And so just any plot that has to do with Atlantis and anything has a soft spot in my heart. You know, like right. it, I, I've got a soft spot for anything having to do with Atlantis because I watched that movie a lot. That's fair. Um, I did like at the end when they were, when they're like, you know, oh, like, are you sure? Like, you know, it's going to be safe. Like, you know, a shredder and them could roll up on the tech with the technodrome any second or any, at any time. And like, not even when he's finished done saying that sentence, like shredders rolling up with the technodrome. Yeah. Like that was funny. I thought the, the hammer of Atlantis, like as like a laser defense system was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that it, uh, <laughs> I thought it was funny. Like the way he, the way that Aleem, activates it like he has to use his tail fin and it's like it kind of implies that like a normal human wouldn't have been able to do that yeah which is weird that they then thought that bebop was the king yeah like i don't understand why they thought bebop was gonna be the king other than like it provided for like some funny gags like i I think just kept saying like clap him in irons yeah (laughs) clap him in irons was was just (laughs) and like he got it wrong the first time but then he remembered it every time and so everybody was just getting clapped in irons like that was a good gag yeah um like and and then like rocksteady just getting just jealous Mm -hmm. because nobody uh ever like and, and, you know, it's kind of true that, like, nobody ever, like, expects Rocksteady to do stuff. Like, it's always Bebop. Yeah. But that's because just Bebop is the better one. I don't know. I like Rocksteady more because he is kind of the more underdog one of the two, you know? I feel I, I feel like I like other Rocksteadies more. I really I don't like, like when this Rocksteady, this Rocksteady. like a... Uh, oh, yeah. No, for like sure. I'm... Yeah. I'm all for IDW Rocksteady. I'm all for yeah, like IDW Rocksteady. Even, like, 2012 Rocksteady. Like the Russian, the Russian one. Oh, that's that's one Rock where I don't out like of the Bebop. shadows. Yeah, I and it's funny. I didn't like be, that Bebop at first, but then like he grew on me. I really like JB Smooth, but I don't like the like hip blasters. Like the, I feel like they gave him too much. You know, he could turn invisible. He's got hip blasters. He can, yeah, like, skates. He's got a mohawk uh, grenade thing going on. Yeah, like it was like much, the you know? that Bebop was a little like I liked the design. But mm-hmm. it it was a little too much. 
Yeah. And he's, he's always doing like, you know, it got <laughs> like very that. annoying to me. But, um, Let's see. They use the eyeball in the Titanodrome, which I've never done before. I like that part. Which it was also kind of weird that like the way they cut into it and then like he swims into it. <laughs> yeah. It's like the way the way that Leonardo just like slices into the eye it cuts into like the top of it and the eyeball portion, but it all looks like one cut, like yeah. one piece of like sheet metal. Hmm. And then they just easily fold it back. Um, I mentioned it before, but uh, Murdude has knee pads, which I still think is hilarious. Uh, the turtles can breathe underwater. See, I remember just... this is another reason I think I remember this episode. Cause I remember like, talking to my parents about the turtles breathing underwater and them telling me like no turtles can't breathe underwater and me being like no i saw this episode they yeah. can like no they just hold their breath really what long you, i'm like well, what then are you how talking can they about talk? they would run out of breath like i i distinctly remember this conversation with my parents <laughs> <laughs> but i did like the i did like that the turtles um i i liked like the underwater voice filter mm-hmm. like i just thought that was neat I think it's cool too that like I've 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 complained about it before on this show so many times. It's cool to see like an episode without April because she's always just the one that's like, "Hey guys, this thing's happening." And this one, they don't do that, you know. Yeah. Huh? Did you know that uh, Toka and Razar were designed for uh, the the two two? They were designed for the two thousand three series. Isn't they yeah. made, like, designed them to put them in there? Uh, so there's the, uh, way of the ninja cart trading card game for the United Kingdom. Uh, and there's a Toka and Razar, uh, card. Yeah. I know they made a cameo in turtles forever. Yeah. But, but it's like, these are, these are definitely like 2003 designs. Hmm. Yeah. I did not know that. I've been wanting to find that card game. It looks looks interesting. It looks like a Russian card, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, not a ton to like about that episode. <laughs> so Dirk Savage, Dirk Savage. I, I, this I was like this episode. I, this was a good episode. Like it was definitely the strongest of the three. Um, I wish there were some more connections. Like it, this would have been great if it was like Captain Hoffman you know, come back as a mutant hunter. Cause like the turtles, like, you know, and the frogs completely messed with him last time. That would have been great to have like closure for him and the frogs, you know? Yeah. yeah you could have had both of them in the same episode. Um, but like having like a professional mutant hunter is like a cool threat kind of, and like feels like something that we could get, like could have gotten again in a different, um, series like Dirk Savage definitely could have come back in the 2003 series that was part of the EPF or something. Yeah. They already had yeah. Bishop though. I mean, they already had Bishop. Yeah. But like Dirk Savage could have been working for Bishop is what I'm saying. Ah, I see. Yeah. I mean, they, they could also make him like a part of dark water with, uh, with the IDW series. Yeah, exactly. I, like uh, I'm waiting for Dirk Savage to come like, it, and and you, it feels like it's kind of primed now with mutant town being such a, th- being such a thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, and especially now that the wall's torn down, which if you didn't know that, go listen to our Armageddon game episodes. 
Um, but like with the wall torn down and like people panicking more and more about mutants, like it would be a good time to have a mutant hunter kind of step in as like a paramilitary kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. They could make him like a, a Punisher character instead this time, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. Going like that, there, that would be, mutants. that would be a cool twist. Cause he kind of more or less is that like, he's kind of just like a hired gun that is just hunting mutants himself for some reason in this. So I'm yeah. Like he, like he's yeah. And so like make him part of like a paramilitary group. Um, you can have Noel hire him to, yeah, I was going to say leader like, of the gang of four hunt and capture. I mean, maybe, or he could just be on his own and like, Noel can just have him hired. And yeah, I was going to say like, he could just be on his own traffic. Yeah. Yeah, or I mean, I mean, it all it all depends on where Armageddon game ends because, like, what if Null's not even a company anymore? Because now a lot of it's not allowed. Now a lot of Lady Null's stuff is getting exposed. It's like, "Mm." yeah, you know, she could be on the run, and he could be a hunter for her. IDW, hire us to write. (laughs) No, don't hire us to write. Uh, but if you're listening to comics, please do. But bring us into the meetings where you know right. the ideas. Yeah, let, you know, cool. yeah. If, if Tom oh. ever, if Tom, if Tom ever needs assistance or Sophie, you know, bring us in. We'd love, we'd we'll, love to we'll, talk. Show. We'll invite them for an interview, and then we'll just like start reading them all of our ideas. No, we can't do that because they <laughs> legally can't use them. Then I know it was just a joke. I'm just kidding. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I'm just just joking around. It was like you know, like just trap them. You know, it's like oh yeah, we're gonna interview you, and then we spend the next like hour. You know, just telling them all our ideas and asking. So this them is what I in. want to happen in the comic. <laughs> uh, what a waste of time that would be for them. I know <laughs> they'd be. They're like, okay, we're never coming on this show again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, that is all I got. Um, yeah, I. This is a good episode. Like, it's definitely got its foibles, but for the same reason that like uh, Night of the Rogues, it's just like seeing all these characters together is cool. It's weird that like this show has gotten better as they've introduced more toys. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I feel like we're like we're it's it's weird that we're in season seven and now I'm like man this show is really good you know like most yeah. shows have lost so much steam by now. Well, um, like like a lot of the criticisms and things I've like heard always like the show being accused of like just like just being a toy commercial and everything like that like literally when this show is more of a toy commercial it's better. Yeah, like go figure. Like, well, yeah. why on earth were the not toy commercial episodes so much worse? <laughs> and why were there so many of them? Holy cow. And why were there so many of them? Yeah, it's bizarre. I also love, like, I like Mondo Gecko anyway, but, like, in this episode, they're like, Leonardo and Michelangelo have been caught. He's like, oh, God, no, not Michelangelo. I'll do yeah. anything to save Michelangelo. I'll do anything for my, for my home turtle. Never once mentions Leonardo. <laughs> yeah, or or just even, like, Oh, like I, I'll do anything to help you guys. No, he's very specifically says Michelangelo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like he could care less about anybody else. But yeah, um, but odd. but yeah, like this is definitely the strongest one of the three. Um, I I almost wish it was a two parter. Like, would have been cool. I, I would have loved. I would have yeah. loved to see. I will. I would have loved yeah. to see more mutants though yeah. in this. Not just those like random half dozen they had in the background. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a giraffe back there. A gorilla in a crop top. Like a mutant canary. Yeah. 
It's like, no where lie. did all these mutants come from? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, right. where did, and, and not only where did these mutants come from, where did those mutants go? <laughs> you know, because we, we know the locations of pretty much everybody except now those guys. And it's like the turtles never question that either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of loose ends at the end of this episode. Anyway. Anyway. I think so. So, yeah, three episodes. Uh, definitely check them out. Um, they have their good points. <laughs> so, I don't know why that was so hard to say. But, yeah, Keith, take us into the news. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. Uh, so in news this week, we are entering into that magical time of year where it's San Diego Comic-Con time. Uh, so the exclusives are now starting to be teased and NECA has now uh, officially revealed, well, one official reveal, one tease uh, for some of the stuff that they're going to be offering at the NECA booth this year. Uh, so the long awaited Kino from secret of the use action figure from NECA, uh, is going to be at San Diego comic-con, uh, in an exclusive package that, uh, there's, so there's a Kino two pack with his scooter, which we saw on the checklist, um, that released in December. Uh, and then it was in a box, uh, revealed by Ernie Reyes jr. Who played Kino. Uh, it was revealed in a box with like other stuff about like, you know, like Ray's pizza, the pizza place that he worked. And then like an employee of the month picture of like Ernie Ray's headshot and it's signed by him. Uh, so, but there wasn't like any details on if that whole box was the exclusive or Kino and the scooter is San Diego exclusive. Uh, so we're waiting for confirmation on that. If that comes out by the time this episode, you know, drops, then, you know, <laughs> there it is um but yeah so so that is cool um NECA typically for the last uh few years has been putting stuff online to pre-order so if you're not going to san diego comic-con you can at least try and get it on their website and then the other big revealed uh by the yhs podcast uh was NECA is finally going to be doing the teenage mutant ninja turtles movie three Ninja Turtles in the samurai outfits. So we haven't seen what those figures look like. Uh, we just had like a really cool silhouette shot of the four of the four turtles in the samurai armor. Uh, they are brand new sculpts with cloth goods. So these are going to be very different than any of the other movie figures that you have already. Uh, I don't have the secret of the used ones. Uh, I wound up not getting my box set from uh, NECA, uh, which I'm, I'm okay with. You know, but I really want these. <laughs> uh, so these are going to be a San Diego exclusive for uh, set. Don't know if it's going to be like an, uh, it is going to be a VHS style box like the others. So if you have the first two, this will match that. Um, which uh, Team NT3 had the yellow box of uh, with the turtles on it and like their samurai helmets uh, holding the scepter. So that'll be cool to see if like the the NECA figures can replicate that. Uh, because they weren't wearing the samurai armor in that, just the helmet. But uh, it, it is also kind of funny that like these were figures that like Randy from NECA like had swore were never going to be done. <laughs> and 
here we are like actually getting them. And I, I always kind of assumed if we did get them, they would be San Diego exclusives. Like I think they're, but I think they're also kind of, uh, underestimating the demand for these, like granted, like not as many people like movie three as much as, you know, civilized people should, but it's, it, it is going to be interesting to see how much they produce of these figures and if they actually hit like regular retail at Walmart. So, but, but a lot of people like, even if they don't like the movie, they do like turtles in samurai armor, you know? Yeah. I highly recommend the, the, uh, the manga based on the movie much better than the movie. If you don't like the movie, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. But I don't know. It, it depends on how they look. I might, I might, pursue these we'll see oh we've seen so far is just a silhouette so yeah i mean i'll definitely be picking them up um no matter what because i love them mm-hmm. but uh it is it is cool that they are going to be finally uh making those um so yeah big shout out to the yhs podcast for getting that reveal uh and maybe in- just maybe they'll run out of 90s things to make toys of and suddenly and then we'll they'll end the toy figures. line We'll end the toy line entirely. And then suddenly we'll get 2003 figures. Nah, they're not going to do 2003. We have so many gangsters to make still. Yeah, Mad we, have, we had too many gangsters. They haven't made Hokum Hair yet. Tempestra. Uh, well, Murdude even. Yeah. Don't, have no fear. We have stories for years. Yeah. Give me give me an Agent Bishop that can like make his trench coat just pose in, in dramatic way so it's like, you know, flailing in the wind and stuff, you know? Yeah. G- give me same as it never was version of the Turtles figures, you know? That'd be so cool. I mean, but that's what you got last Ronin for. It's, it's Those are also different. cool designs. Those are also, cool, also yeah. cool designs. But so are saying same he as would spend was. more money. All right, what are the news we got? In other news, uh, the big thing this week, we got an update about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, the movie coming out now on August 2nd. It was moved up two days from August 4th. Uh, We got two brand new posters as well. Uh, And also, uh, the day after this episode drops on May 31st, we'll be having a brand new trailer. Um. And they did say trailer this time, so hopefully it's going to be a big story one that will get the plot of the movie. We'll see more. Uh, we'll you know hear some of the awesome voice cast. So I'm excited. Don't, don't sound too excited, guys. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand. Like, if you're going to move it up, move it up like a month. I don't, I don't understand the two days. Like, what? Well, I mean, you you know, but... they still have to be strategic about it. Um, you know, if you move it up too soon, like the other big animated movie is Spider-Verse, which comes out in June next week. Um, You know, that presumably is still going to be a big hit in theaters through July. Well, and they also probably know that our podcast records on Thursday night. And so they're like, Oh, we better release it on Wednesday. Oh, that Ninja Turtle power hour can go see it. See, I suggested it. it, So now you're putting it out there. So now we have to do it. See, that makes a lot more sense. So, We'll see yeah. if we can or not, you know, of course. But yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to buy my tickets. I'm definitely going to see it that Wednesday. Um, so I'll at least be ready if we do it. <laughs> <laughs> but schedule permitting, you know, we do have we do have a dad and a soon-to-be dad here. So 
Yes, uh, you know. Uh, and so, you know, things are up in the air a little bit still. Got to look at things and uh, and see. But who knows, maybe we'll be able to cover it cover it that night. If not, then probably the next week or, or so. You so, will hear us talk about the new movie. That's You will. Definitely, definitely. It's only the biggest thing to happen in you know, the franchise in years, so. Which is weird. Like, we got a movie last year at the same time. Yeah. And that was a banger movie, so. Yeah, yeah I, just, be, I just thought it was worth it for the joke to say that, you know, like, that Nickelodeon actually, you know, was moving the, the day that their movie released so that we could cover it. Uh, makes sense. That oh, week, you know. I didn't think that was a joke. <laughs> uh, I, absolutely not. Yeah, actually, you know, I, I was talking with my guys at Paramount and. Uh, oh, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You're talking to you're talking to David Power Paramount, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the last Dave. of the of the Paramount brothers. Yes. Yeah, the last of the Paramount brothers. <laughs> uh, yeah, my my buddy Dave Paramount. But yeah, I mean, but the, but that's but that's a really good sign that like it it shows that Nick has faith in the movie. Like it's probably it's probably going through test testing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they can make their final edits or like it's it's too late to add new scenes but they're probably going through like final edits of the movie right now um and i think this is a good you know opportunity for them to like really start pushing the movie hard you know but that's but but it's a good sign that they're that they have enough faith to move the movie up by two days cool so yeah that is the news this week uh, thank you guys again for listening to another episode of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Uh, let us know somewhere on the internet what you thought of that episode. Uh, are you excited for the new movie trailer? Are you going to pre-order those NECA figures? Let us know. Ninja Turtle Power Hour or Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want us to do a Ninja Turtle Power Hour after after hours episode, let us know too. We're, I'm trying to get that, that to gain a little steam so that Spencer has to do it. Spencer! What are we doing next week? Next week, uh, we're we're not doing Ninja Turtle Power After Dark. That's uh, not happening. But uh, we will be covering episodes twenty five and twenty six and twenty seven of season seven instead. Okay, so that is these sound awesome: Invasion of the Krangazoids, Combat Land, and Shredder Triumphant. All right, but I got dibs on Combat Land. Oh, I well, I am bummed. I am not going to be uh, there for um, this episode. I'm taking the week off for my birthday, so have fun. Well, you have a happy birthday. I will. 21. Can't believe it. I know. I was the oldest. Now I'm the youngest of all of us. (laughs) Time is cyclical. Yeah. All right, guys, that's our show this week. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. You two are my best friends. I would do anything for my best friends. It's like...
Louis is like, hey, there's food. He's like, Toka, you're my best friend. Toka, Why? you're my best friend. <laughs> just add a note. It's so out of place. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, it's so weird. It just his voice in general. Like, it, it's, yeah, like we were saying, just so over the top sophisticated. It's hilarious. It caught me so off guard. Yeah. I think I told you before, he talks like Shakespeare. Like, yeah. It's just, it's out there. Quoth the Raven, nevermore. Nevermore. Uh, okay, Mike, I, I see you dropped the, the token Razor card. The, I think those are those designs from Turtles Forever. Oh, are they? I mean, they, they, they probably are. Yeah. I, I, when you said that they were in Turtles Forever, I assumed it was like the movie versions. No, no, no. It's, it's, uh, they look like in the, like in the multi, in the multiverse scene. Yeah. It, well, so what happened, like, Shredder in the 2003, you know, 2003 Shredder is making a whole army of mutants using the mutagen. And so it just so happens that two of the mutants look just like Toka and Razard mm. uh, in, in the whole mutant tussle thing that's going on, the big battle at the end. I know I need to watch that movie again. Yeah, it's been a minute. But I remember them being there and mutants being made. Now, Greg. Craig those of you that don't uh, know, Craig is our producer. Yeah, Craig is our producer. He makes sure uh, you guys can hear us every week. Uh, the Dirk Savage figure is okay, other than this freaking crooked like boot. It's so dumb. Hmm. And it's like action figures like normally have like boot swivels that like like you can swivel the leg right at the top of the boot. Uh, it does not seem to be the case here. <laughs> So I have to figure out a way to, I guess, heat the glue so that I can twist that. This is not like I can get another Dirk Savage figure. Um. Anyway, Dragon Ball. Yeah, read read the super manga. Um. I really liked it a lot. And there's like, you know, the whole granola arc and Moro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So why is everything named after food except for Piccolo? So all the different aliens have different names. Yeah. Different themes um, of names, like different themes of names. Um, so you have like the Saiyans are usually vegetables. So you have Goku. Yeah, Goku's Vegeta, real name is Kakarot. Kakarot. Yeah. Vegeta, Raditz, Napa, um, Kale, all, all of that. Napa is a, oh, wow. Napa's a yeah. Uh Napa's a type of like fermented bean. Oh, okay. Um and so so the Saiyans are all vegetables. Uh the Namekians oh. Oh, yeah. are all instruments. No. So or, Namekians well, are named after like snails, but Piccolo got his name. Oh, that's right, because he was later yeah, after he separated yeah. from Kami. Yeah, sorry. Um yeah, he's right. All he's of his right. like because some of the, of the demon minions. the demons were instruments, I think. Yeah, all of his minions he also named after instruments while he, when he was King Piccolo during Dragon Ball. Yeah, because when he was when he was the demon king Piccolo. So all the so all of the right. demons, because there's like symbol and other ones. Drum, piano. Yeah. Um then, then there's the Serialians. Uh and Serialians? Serialians. 
Oh, so they named it cereals. And so that's where we get granola. Uh, is there like Captain Crunch? Yeah, right. Um, and then there's Frieza's race, which we don't know the name of them, but all of them are uh, like you have King Cold, Frieza, and then uh, Frieza's brother, Cooler. Oh, yeah. And then I forget the I forget the Frieza's younger brother. He has a younger brother. I haven't seen. Yeah, I've seen Cooler because I watched the Cooler movie because I was told that was one of the better ones. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the Dragon Ball Z movies. Gonna gonna throw that out there. Broly was good, but that was it. And I prefer Super Broly over Dragon Ball Z. Broly personally, so you know. There's there's my hot take of the the evening. Sorry, which one did you watch? Oh, I've just I've the only Z movies I've seen is Cooler and and Broly. Uh, old oh, Broly. Yeah, I also watched Piccolo. Yeah, Old Broly, and I've seen the new Super Broly, of course, because I know I really like. I actually like that one more than I like the Dragon Ball Z Broly. Oh yeah, like the new the Super Broly is a much better movie. Yeah. Uh, I've seen Resurre- Resurrection F. Yeah, I just uh, the anime, so I didn't watch that one. I think that was my anno- the annoying thing about the anime was that like the Super anime and also the manga for a bit kind of require you to like watch and read at the same time. Cause like the manga skips a lot and it kind of assumes you already saw some of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my annoyance with the manga or with the, with the anime is that like the anime was a lot of filler and kind of recapping uh battle of gods and resurrection F. Yeah. Um, but that's the cool thing about the super movies or at least like the, the new movies is that they're all kind of canon. And the super movies, Broly and uh, Superhero, those are both definitely canon. Yeah. No, I mean, right now they're recovering Superhero in the manga I've seen. Yeah, so. I know. But but they're but they're also like expanding on it, too, because there was like the whole Krillin chapter. And See, like, I haven't, I haven't read it. but Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so like there. So you find out like what Krillin was up to. Hmm. And like what's how a, he what's the Majin's name? The Majin's Majin's. Yeah. You've got um so there's the wizard Bibbity and his son Bobbity and oh Bibbity made Boo. God, you're and they, and they made Boo. Me. Yeah. No. Nope. Bibbity, Bobbity, and Boo. Uh Bibbidi, Bulma Bibbidi, and her Bibbidi. family are all named after underwear. Bulma yeah, briefs. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we were talking, talking about, about that. that. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was before I came in. Uh, there's there's the other race, like the opposite of Freezer. You have the heaters. And they're all named after like types of energy. So you have like gas and um, what is this? Is this uh, super? This is, yeah, this is in the manga. Okay, these are like a like hot pad. Um, um gas is the grill. gas is the only one I can remember right now. Uh, hand warmer. I'm just thinking. Of all of things. the gods of destruction are named after alcoholic beverages. Yeah, Beerus. Beerus. Champa is supposed to be champagne. Uh, also, their angels are also in Africa. Weiss is like yeah. for whiskey. Uh, I I love Beerus and Weiss. Like they Omar. are, they are two of my favorite uh, characters. I'm also a fan of Beerus and Weiss, although I'm mostly a rum guy myself. <laughs> uh, so you have Heater, um, the Heater family, and that's oil, Mackie, gas. Yeah, oil, Mackie, and gas. What's Mackie? Mackie. That must be like matches. I don't know. Maybe. I, yeah. 
machine, maybe. Uh, Mackie's Mackie's name comes from either ribbon or wrappable heater or firewood. Oh, because it's the Japanese name for it. Oh, oh. Makisuke Hita or Maki for firewood. And I believe Krillin's name has something to do with a nut, and it's just to make fun it's of a the bald chest, head. chestnut. Yeah, so it's just kind of the, Jap- the Japanese name for it is uh, Kuridin. Kuridin. Yeah, I was, I was Kuri- with like a like krill, and there was like yeah. his brother shrimp and his uh his cousin well, like, whale. And, well, that's that's the thing. Like in Japanese, it's Kuridin. Um, K U R I R I N. And so, like you look at other like Karibo is you know the the chestnut monster from Yu-Gi-Oh and like Goombas are chestnuts not mushrooms what yeah it's the They're mushroom mus- kingdom well the, the toads are mushrooms oh my god yeah they're uh, chestnuts uh i mean they're called karibos in japanese have i never seen a chestnut no oh i see it Oh wow! Yeah, Goombas are Karibos. This is blowing my mind. I mean, they're based on shiitake mushrooms. They're just called Karibos. I didn't know that uh, chestnuts came in a furry case. Yeah, that's why. Like, if you look at the Karibo monster from Yu-Gi-Oh, it's a little furry thing. Looks yeah, like, it looks cool. it looks like a like a kiwi fruit with like yeah. feet. Hmm. Oh yeah, and then the uh, the androids are all named after numbers. Yeah, I know there's like Android thirteen. <laughs> yeah, did you know? Okay, did you know that in Yu Gi Oh, so they all have like those Millennium items that like so like Pegasus lets him see what his opponent has. Apparently, right. Yu Gi Oh's Millennium puzzle let him have whatever card he needed to win. So all that believing in the heart of the cards which is absolute crap. He just cheated his way. To I every did not victory. know that. Yeah, that was his power. He had the power to have whatever card he needed to win. That's that's a pretty good power for, you know, playing cards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super cheat mode. <laughs> I dropped in the chat. Um I found this a couple of years ago. It's a it's a Dragon Ball Z fan role-playing game. Where you can your own characters and, and D&D it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I still need see. to read uh, Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta read that. I gotta read, I read the comics in it. That's about. Uh, what are we doing? That gotta do it sometime. We we should. We we definitely need to. And uh, I will as soon as I read the book, which I will try to. I'll maybe I'll bump it up on my list of priorities. As soon as I read the book, we'll uh, we'll, we'll give it a shot. There you go, Spencer. That is. That's the place where I always get my import figures. Okay. Um, I don't know how much shipping will be to Utah. Um, mm, yeah. But like I said, I mean, you can get this figure on Amazon too. But this is, this is the superhero version. So it's, it's the one that doesn't come with like his cape. Yeah. Um, but also I know a guy on Instagram that makes the cape. Oh, so literally the only thing you would be missing is the turban. Well, I'm thinking maybe I'll just uh, 
sell my kidney on the black market and buy orange piccolo from someone. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can, uh, I mean, it might be on, um, that web, like they might get a, a, like a orange piccolo on that website. Uh-huh. Cause I know they do get P Bandai sometimes. Mm. So. All right. Yeah. I'll keep my eye on that then. Kidneys grow back. Yeah. Kidneys yeah. grow back. Yeah. I mean, God gave you two of them. Right. Exactly. One to sell so you can buy an action figure you missed upon its release. Exactly. <laughs> That's possible I'm thinking of livers, but uh I mean I'll sell part of that too, man. That works. Yeah. And then I'll have orange piccolo surgically implanted there instead. You haven't been watching Futurama yet, have you? No, I've I've only, I've still only seen a okay, few episodes. So there's there's an episode where Bender uh he's got some extra cash or something and he's like, Where'd you get that cash? He's like, I sold blood. Not my blood, just some guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So in summation. No, I I didn't even Futurama. I didn't even get my summary done this week. Uh I I totally uh, forgot. Do you want me to send you the link to Turtlepedia? Oh, I already have it ready okay. to go. But uh no, I so I actually wouldn't have been able to record Wednesday if we did Wednesday because I totally forgot that I had two different concerts to attend this week. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Concerts. Which they were awesome. I went and saw Frank Turner with the Interrupters. Yeah. So they were touring together and that was an awesome concert. Uh, and then my wife always goes and see Set It Off whenever they come. So we went with her to go see them. Nice. So I went with her to go see them. But they ended up being one right after the other. Uh, one was on Tuesday, the other was on Wednesday. So I haven't slept more than four hours in a few days now, and uh, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Works uh, ten hour days. Keith, I don't know if you saw we were what we were talking about with the movie in a couple weeks. Uh, that it's coming out in a couple weeks. Well, it's yeah, it's coming out on the <laughs> second. Oh so like net, so if we all go see it on the second, then we can talk about it on the third. And then we that way we can get our review out that week. I can probably swing that into my calendar. But yeah, it's been, that'll it's been, be a Wednesday, right? Yeah, the movie will come. The movie comes out on a Wednesday now. Yeah, I could probably swing that. And so yeah, it's why, why Wednesday? Why like what? What's the difference between Wednesday and Friday? I think that the loss of the midnight premiere is an absolute tragedy in the history of American cinema. Well, I mean, I what I like what I like what they've shifted to is that like it's midnight on the East Coast, so you know, and, and so now like I can go see a movie on Thursday that comes out on Friday. I get like, you. I, I I get it that you can go see it, but like it used to be an event, you know. Oh, I remember. Like yeah. one of my favorite uh, midnight showings that I ever went to was uh, King Kong. Like mm-hmm. the 2005 Peter Jackson version, yeah, um, Jack Black one, yeah, the Jack Black one. It was nuts because we had like, uh, people like brought like crates of bananas and like passed them out to the entire, um, to the entire theater. That's amazing. Uh, that is an orange piccolo statue. I know, but isn't it cool? It is cool. I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe I'll just get the statue. Cool. Could just get the statue. 
I, I have every single Funko Pop of Piccolo that's come out, at least mm-hmm. within like the last five or so years. So uh, my buddy's into Dragon Ball Z, and it was his birthday, so I bought him a Piccolo Funko Pop. And I don't know mm-hmm. what happened to other Funko Pops, but like the other Dragon Ball Z Funko Pops were crazy expensive. Yeah. The Piccolo is still $11. Yeah, like a lot of the Super ones of like Super Vegeta and stuff like that are incredibly expensive. Even like Bulma was like 20 bucks, And then there was a guy with a little cat. It was like twenty five bucks. I'm like, but the cat's so damn cute. Uh, probably Yamcha. Yajirobe? Probably Yamcha. Is that a Yajirobe or Yamcha? Oh, Yamcha's got power. Was it a blue cat or a white cat? <laughs> it was a blue cat. Oh, okay, yeah, it's Yamcha and Poir. Okay, so there's a white cat that's also really cute named Corin, and Yajirobe sits up with him in his tower. Uh, uh, I love Yajirobe. <laughs> I like. Have you have you read like Dragon Ball? I've watched all of the anime, but I haven't actually read the manga. I I really liked the Dragon Ball manga. Um, so what what is the diff? What is what makes it Z then? So it's only Z in America. In Japan, yeah, in Japan, it's all Dragon Ball. Um, oh really? And the thing is, is like it, it, it I mean, it's only Z for like branding purposes too. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in the context of it, like for America, the difference is um, Goku's younger. Like yeah. it, 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 like the whole like saga is like thirty years. Like yeah, from totally. from Dragon the beginning Ball. of Dragon Ball to to the end of Z. Yeah, like Dragon Ball is like Goku growing up and getting married to Chi Chi, and then Dragon Ball Z starts and Gohan is already born. Yeah, yeah, Z Z is technically a five year time skip after, um, after the end of Dragon Ball, mm-hmm. okay. and then so so like Gohan is born, and is like four years old. Yeah, there is also like a tonal shift. So like Dragon Ball feels a lot more comedic, uh, and and hijinksy. You know, I don't know. But even well, then, like, that's only four series, but that's only Dragon four. Ball Z is a 2003 series. Yeah, basically. Kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah that's a good, that's a good analogy. Takes itself a little bit more seriously. There's still humor and there's still jokes. I don't think it was ever meant to be taken 100% seriously. I mean, the you, Saiyans You should introduced... never take Dragon Ball seriously. Yeah, like, yeah. like the Saiyans Dude's... are introduced and, they ha- and they're named after vegetables still. Like, all right, it's not that serious, guys. Yeah, like you're meant, like, you're meant to think that like this guy named Vegeta is like vegetable um, and he turns into a giant monkey and he turns into a giant monkey i mean <laughs> granted goku did, goku used to do that too right but they cut his tail off see i've, I've seen five off. episodes of dragon okay. ball z super for another podcast i did so i know uh, that much read the manga because it's also just going to be like if you're ever interested in getting into dragon ball just read the manga because it's just so much shorter than the anime i've yeah. wasted so much of my life watching the anime I mean, the anime is good because, like, you it's know, a lot, of the, a lot of the action is cool. Yeah, it's um, like the first time anyone said, like, read the book, it's shorter. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's the, why I watched the movie because there's no reading involved. <laughs> and, like, the cool thing about the cool thing about the, the anime is that, like, the English dub is genuinely pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it's consistent too because, like, these guys have now been doing it for 20 something years. Yeah, well, like, if you're going to watch Dragon Ball Z, if it's in any way available to you, watch Dragon Ball Z Kai. They yeah, Kai it. gets out a lot of the filler. 
Yeah, cuts a lot of filler. Kai, yeah, not Dragon Ball because Super is the newest one. Kai is the like re redone one without all the extra. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so Dragon Ball Super takes place uh, because after the end of Z, after the last final battle, there's an epilogue that takes place ten years later. Super takes place in the ten years. Uh, when when Goku could make his hair blue. Uh, yeah, like so when Goku, yeah, when Goku could make his hair blue. Uh, and stuff all of that happens in the 10 years between the end of that and the epilogue for z because the epilogue of z is the final like z thing like they've said like that's the ending Mm, yeah so super is just yeah where he he takes oob um off um and for keith oob is the reincarnation of boo b-u-u and then oob is u-u-b Yep. It's funny because like they, they're fl- like Weiss's. Was it Weiss or Supreme Kai? I can't remember. But they're like they're flying and they fly over Oob's village, and then like they're like, "Hey Goku, remember that kid?" And Goku's like, "Okay." Because <laughs> mm. like because like Goku makes a wish because he's like, "Hey, like Majin Buu is is really is really strong." he'd be really cool to train to be good. And uh, so, and so Boo gets reincarnated as like this little kid in the village and Goku like takes the opportunity to train, like take him off and go train him to be the next um, protector of earth after like they're gone. Hmm. Cause at this point, Goku's died like four times. Like he's kind of tired. When you explain it that way, it doesn't sound like, Goku's the good guy because he's stealing children to make them fight his war. But I mean, yeah, also Splinter did so. But also, yeah, also Goku's like kind of a jerk too. Like, and and, and what I like is that like everybody kind of calls him out on it all the time. But also, Goku never really learns from it. Mm. Like Goku is constantly like trying to see the good in people, which is which is a admirable trait. But he also like lets people like who like have actively killed people a lot <laughs> you know um live like frieza um he even brings back from the dead because he's like hey well he's like we can use his help which okay cool like that's you know you're up against a rock and a hard place and frieza is one of those power pe- powerful people you know but it like constantly comes back to bite him in the ass and so um yeah guys i'm uh going through our discord this is my my one time a week i go through our discord right yeah i think we're gaining some steam on this uh power hour after hours idea <laughs> dude oh That's my hand there's been there's, you... been there's been there's been two people that have messaged me that are recommending that we look into the uh the comic or whatever from like the adventures comic yeah all right uh, number we're, infinity we're, we're not doing it i don't know oh, at least okay. i yeah if you guys want to do that on your own you can Ooh. i'm not covering it all right what's oh man spencer you're gonna be gone at least one week sometime i'm sure well the problem Maybe is every single time i do that every every time i am gone <laughs> every time i am gone you guys we just don't record that week yeah, it that's was what I'm saying. Eight, we we could record eight. that week. Yeah, but Keith, who's going to edit it? <laughs> that ooh, that's a good point. 
What's Craig up to? <laughs> right. Uh, in news this week, I mean, we have the movie being moved up, and then we have a trailer next Wednesday. Um, on the thirty first. I need to look. It's an announcement for Ninja Turtles. Uh, rubber duckies. Yeah, the uh, I guess the product manager for that uh, he messaged us on um, Twitter, like gave us the like the full product rundown. Really? Yeah, and I was like, I was like, hey, cool, like you know, can we get on a list for any for anything? Um, like any kind of like if you want to send us like an actual like um, press release or stuff like that. Uh, he hasn't gotten back to me yet. Can I get some free DMNT rubber ducks? I didn't ask for that specifically because <laughs> I, I I didn't want to be the only guy getting stuff because I was like, so I didn't ask for anything specifically. I was just like more open-ended like, hey, like what's what's the arrangement we can set up here? But I might get some rubber ducks. If you want some rubber ducks, though, we can, we'll, <laughs> I'll set you up as the pro, as the product guy for that. I'm just saying, there's uh, the four rubber ducks so we could all have a rubber duck. That's we, we true. All get and, a then, rubber duck. and then, you know, the the fourth one is a floater. We have to just mail it back and forth. So uh, Cody, Cody can have the Cody yeah, can we'll, have the fourth one. We'll we'll, we'll give it to Cody. We'll be go. coming in for this next season. Yeah. I mean, Spencer, you just drive it down to him. You're both in Utah. Yeah, I, I actually could just do that. Maybe we'll uh, meet up to watch uh, the new Ninja Turtle movie. I don't. Know. There you go. Uh, the new NECA SDCC stuff. Um, so Kino with the scooter. Um is a two pack, but also like nobody knows if, if it's, if that is the SDCC exclusive or if the, um, box that it comes in with the extra stuff is the exclusive NECA hasn't said yet. Uh, and then they're going to do the, uh, movie three turtles in the samurai armor. What's the, what comes with what, like Kino's a two pack. What's, what's two, the scooter. It, yeah, Kino and the scooter is the two pack. Okay. Uh, that's it. I don't got anything else. Okie doke. Well, All right, great episode, go. guys. I'll, I'll talk started. to you next week. Yeah, <laughs> there there we go. Go. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of good bonus content. Let's go.